Amen. Who else but God? Isaiah chapter 40. Have you ever said to yourself, uh, I don't have enough strength uh, to do it anymore? I think those questions have been plaguing many people uh, in 2020. I don't have enough strength to do it anymore. Uh, We can come to all types of uh, moments in our life, whether it be our marriage has gotten to a certain place, our finances get to a certain place. Maybe you've gotten to that place with your teenagers. I just don't have enough strength to do it anymore. Uh, and, or maybe just in your own emotion. You know, sometimes you just get into a dark place for whatever reasons, and you just begin to think, I just don't have it. I'm just tired of going through life. And life is like that sometimes. Through this whole journey that we have called life, I think every person who's ever existed has ever gotten to that, has said those things to themselves. I just, I'm tired. And as you look across the world today, I think there's this definite heaviness, especially in our country, as churches have closed, as many people are home, as there's been an increase of violence in our street, of racism, of lawlessness. We are on the brink of war with other all kinds of countries. And we've always been that way. I mean, we've always had these issues. But it seems now that with this going on, Don't you just feel like everyone's just more fearful and anxious and everything is more over the top? And one, you know, one, while there's always been bad issues, there's always been bad things. It seems that there's just been this elevation, this rise of tension. Uh, And all across the world, I think people are looking for hope and peace. I was telling some people earlier that I've been watching a documentary on the drug epidemic and the drug war as we minister in our Celebrate Recovery. And, and I was watching this in the show, and this, this one uh, young lady who was an addict uh, just getting high off of cocaine and fentanyl and just passing out every day in a Wendy's parking lot, wake up in a ditch, and, and just meat. I mean, the, there's just nothing on her bones, no, no meat on her bones. And she had been doing this for years, and she just said, I just don't want to feel anything anymore. And she said, I don't even want help anymore. People try to help me. My family's tried to help me. She's like, I don't, I've gotten to the point where I don't even just want help. And her friend chimed in and said, you know, it's, it's like when you have that high that, that your problems just seem to fade away. And she said, You'll, you just continually chase that moment where you just aren't, and your problems seem to be non-existent. And I thought, man, isn't that just a serious indication, but it's a symptom of what every single person in our world is really longing for, is that I just don't want to feel pain anymore. I just want to feel the pleasure where all my problems are gone. And, and that everybody would say, well, yeah, wouldn't anybody want to be just like, I have no problems, and everything's great. And, and there are people around the world in all different situations and walks of life, especially in the day that we live in now, they are chasing something that seemingly they can never attain, is that they want this uh, euphoria, this day where all the problems of life seem to go away, and I can find that perfect peace again. And I think about that for even this message today. Isn't that what everyone is chasing? Who else but God can fix a world as broken as ours, right? Who else but God? When you get to those moments when you don't have strength for the journey, who else but God? When you get to those places where you want to give up and things and your problems tend to get out of proportion, who else but God? 
And whether it be an addiction issue or a family problem or a money problem or an emotional problem or even an epidemic, who else but God has a plan to take you from brokenness to blessing? Somebody say amen. Amen. Who else but God? Turn to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Strength for the journey. Let me give you the background to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah is a prophet in the Old Testament, and he is living in the day prior to Israel and Judah, the two countries who used to be one country, the the nation of Israel. They've split because of a civil war. The northern tribes are ten. They have mostly been wicked and evil, and they have gotten their own temple and their own priesthood. They created their own new Bible, even. And the southern two tribes, plus the tribe of Levi, have been mostly loyal to David. But even them, they're falling into uh, idolatry. Isaiah is prophesying to them some heavy things. He, begin, he sees the Lord in his holiness, and he prophesies to them. He says, guys, you're going to go to exile. You're not listening to the Lord. God's calling you back to himself. And so this big nation called Assyria, they're going to come and they're going to wipe you out. And he tells that to the northern tribes. And he tells the southern tribes of Judah, he says, guys, you're going to get taken out by this nation called Babylon because neither one of you are listening. And he's prophesying all this decades and even 100 years in advance. And you get to the 39th chapter of Isaiah, which parallels the, first, the 39 books of the Old Testament. It's all about law and judgment and condemnation. And he gets to chapter 40. Chapter 40 begins this new epic in Isaiah's work. And begins to prophesy that even though bad days are here, a good day is going to come. And Isaiah looks ahead in time, and he sees 150 years down the road. This is only God. He looks 150 years down the road, and he is speaking to a depressed and hopeless people. He is speaking to a people who have been in exile for many years. And he tells them, guys, guess what? Your day is finally here. God is going to take you home out of exile and bring you back to the promised land. So he's writing into the future, right? He's like, put a letter in a bottle and you save it and you say, hey, open this in 150 years. That's kind of what he's doing. And they, now it's been 150 years and they pull out that bottle and he begins to answer for them. And he says, number one, God's going to come take you back to Israel. But number two, the one day, even in the future, your Messiah is going to come and he's going to bring salvation even as he brings judgment. And he says, well, here's the good news. The Messiah is coming. He's going to be like a shepherd to his sheep in chapter 40, verse 11. And the people begin to question it. So you got to get all this to get to the text we're in this morning. They begin to question. It's like, but yeah, 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 yeah. But we're weak. We're tired, man. We've been in prison. We've been uh, working for these Babylonians. We don't have how in the world with this nation uh, owning us and we're slaves in another country. How in the world could we ever get out of bondage? And they're just going to let us go. You're crazy, dude. He says, yeah, but who else but God? And now here's what he begins to do. Isaiah begins. He says the question and we're going to read it again. But he says, Do you not know and have you not heard? He's going to say this a few times. He says, do you not know? Have you not heard who else but God could do it? He's talking to a depressed, hopeless people, a people who need a breakthrough from the Lord. And he says, but who else but God could do what you need? And he says, let me let me magnify your vision a little bit. He begins to tell him. He says, guys, 
This is the creator, sustainer God. He says, this is the guy who spoke the world into existence. This is the guy who holds the stars in his hand. This is the guy that the nations look like grasshoppers. And you're worried about national problems. He says, the nations are nothing to God. You're worried about key leaders and emperors who are messing up your world. He says, man, when God blows on those people, they just fade away. They're here today and gone tomorrow. And he begins to tell them what God is like. And he says, who's ever taught God anything? He said, in fact, you could cut down every tree in every forest. You could kill every animal and tree and cut down every tree in the nation of Lebanon, the whole nation. And you could try to make an offering to God that was worth his weight. It wouldn't even compare to how awesome God is. God is everlasting and his ways are unsearchable. So he gives them this good news. He says, who else but God? Have you not known? Have you not seen? And they said, okay, well, will we make it home? You ever wondered that for you? You're going to make it to heaven? Are you going to make it home? Are you going to make it through this journey called life? Look at Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. He says this, and he says it again. He says, okay, you, you wonder if God's deliverance would come. I told you who God is. And now you ask me again, will we make the journey? And he says this. Okay, guys, do you not know? Have you not heard the everlasting God? Somebody say that everlasting, everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not become weary or tired. Anybody tired? Anybody weary? You got kids under five? You probably are. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary. And to him who lacks might, he increases power. Everybody say power. Though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Who else has a plan to take you from brokenness to blessing? Who else but God? If there's anything you want to remember today is that who else but God has a plan to take you from brokenness to blessing? So let's, I'm just going to look at verses 28 through 31. And let's just break it out. The first thing is weak and weary. He comes to these Jews, man, they're weak and weary from all their years in exile. They've given up hope. They don't think things are going to get better anymore. Much like many people today in America, we don't think, man, is anything ever going to be? I mean, how many people have hope that America is just going to be this awesome thing again, right? You don't, you go poll people on the streets, they're thinking it's just going to get worse. And that's where the uh, Israelites were in Babylon. It's just, it's, it's gotten to a point I don't see it going any different. This is just the way it is. It's just getting darker and darker and going downhill. And he says, uh, but Israel had to get to this point. Israel had gotten so prideful on her own merits, on her own beliefs, on what she could do. God had to send her to exile to get her to a place of brokenness before God could take her to a place of blessing. The Bible says that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. In every case in Scripture, brokenness always has to precede blessing. You don't get blessing without brokenness. You have to get to that place where you say, Lord, I can't do this, but without you. There's the only way I can do this, Lord, is if you do this in my life. And he says, I'm resisting the proud, but I give grace to the humble. Remember what Jesus said 
uh, he says, I come to the meek, to those who are poor in spirit. To those who are poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom. To those who are meek, they're the ones that are going to inherit the earth. And he says, come to me, all who are weak and weary, and I'll give you rest. He's not coming to people who think their lives are going to be fine without it. Jesus doesn't come to people who think they have it all together. He died for the whole world. But unless you admit that your life is a wreck and messed up without Jesus and that you can't live this light apart from him, then that's the place of blessing. It's it brokenness. And so he says, I'm speaking to in the future to people who are weak and people who are weary. This whole letter is just for them. If you think you got it all together and your life's OK today, then you can probably go on home because this is for people who say, God, I, I couldn't do this without you. He loves to give strength to the weary, Isaiah says. He loves to give power to the weak. God loves weak and weary people, so we should be in good company. Amen? Have you admitted your dependence on God? That's the first thing. Have I repented of self-sufficiency? Have I gotten to this place? And sometimes we just think if we could just try a little bit harder, if I could just do a little bit better, if I could just try these things, I can move, I can move some money around. I can, we can work on this thing. And maybe, maybe if we just go to the right counseling and we get to the right school, and if I could just get a different job, and if we could just get through this season and just survive enough to get to the next season, and we just keep trying and trying. It's like this rat race, and it just wears you out. And there's got to come a point in every person's life where I say, this is not working. I have to find someone else to be my supply. And he says, guess what? That's good news. Now that you've got to your place of brokenness, God can take you to your place of blessing. Number one is weak and weary. Number two, he says, don't you know? I love that. Don't you know? Haven't, haven't you heard this? He comes to these Israelites. He says, guys, where you been? God wrote the Bible about you. You didn't hear it? You haven't heard the story of your own nation. You have been in exile. You haven't been reading your Bible. Isn't that in America? I wonder today how many Christians, even though they're not in church, are actually reading their Bibles at home. He says, guys, you should know this by now. Don't you know who you are and who God is? He says, your faith has become faded. Man, I think that for the church today. I wonder how much our faith has actually faded in this time of epidemic and not increased. And he, count, he challenges them. He says, have you not seen? Have you not heard? In other words, have you forgotten all that God has done? Where have you been? Don't you believe the word of God? If he's done it before, he'll do it again. We just sang that song earlier. If he's done it before, he'll do it again. Haven't you heard these stories? So what is he saying? He said, I want you to remember and rehearse the word of God. I think about what David said in Psalms 143. He says, for the enemy has persecuted my soul. He crushed my life to the ground. He's made me dwell in dark places like those have long been dead. He says, therefore, when my spirit is overwhelmed within me, my spirit is overwhelmed. My heart is in a desert place within me. He says, here's what I do. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all of your doings. I muse and replay the works of your hands. And then he says, and then I stretch out my hands to you. Man, that's good stuff. That when you go through moments in life and you're weak and weary, the second step after being weak and weary and getting to a place of brokenness, he says, is get to a place where you look back and rehearse and remember the word of God. 
Because in this nation and in this world today, one of the things we often do is we don't get into the Word of God. We get onto Facebook, and we get into the news, and we get into some financial situations, and we try to find out, well, if I can take that certain course, if I can just go to counseling, and we begin to feed ourselves with all of the reports of the world, and man, we are turning on from cable TV to satellite to Netflix to this to Hulu to Disney Plus, and we're getting we're feeding all this stuff, trying to numb it. We're no better than that woman who's taking that fentanyl and passing out in Wendy's parking lot. She's looking for a high to make her problems go away, and the world. Look at the nation day; they're just feeding themselves with entertainment with politics, with family issues. We're staying home. We're just consuming all these things to make it all go away, hoping for a better day. And he says, no, when I get to that place, I take his word. I rehearse it in my mind. I remember it and I say, God, if you can do that in in Joseph's life, God, if you can do that in Noah's life, if you can do that in David's life, if you can do that in Abraham's life, God, you can do that in my life. Somebody say amen. That's what he's saying. In a situation that makes you feel that God is not powerful, when you begin to see that your problems are out of proportion, that's really the issue. We look at, we watch more news today. This COVID-19 is going to get out of proportion. It's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. You put your life into politics, and you're going to see that your life is all about politics. You, but if you put your life into word of God, it's going to get into proportion. And he's saying, guys, remember, don't you know, don't you know, what has God done for you before? Look at your life. Just think about your own life. What has God done for you before? How is the word of God every day encouraging you? Are you in the word? Number three, after being weak and weary, remembering and rehearsing the word, he says, now I want you to magnify your vision of God. Being in the word will do that. He says, well, who is God? He begins to tell them in the early parts of that chapter. He says, he is creator and he is sustainer. Think about this. He is creator and sustainer. He's the creator of all of the heavens. He, is, he, he says he actually names every single star, not only in our galaxy, but in our universe. You know, there are 100 billion stars just in our galaxy. Think about naming your kids. How many names you have? Think about it. You've got to name 100 billion stars. And our galaxy is one of 100 billion galaxies, each with 100 billion stars. And he says he names every star, he, and he holds it into position with his hands. How big is God? He says this creator, sustainer God can take every ounce of dust in the world and measure it on a scale. He's the guy who, when he spoke, light came in the midst of darkness. He's the guy who knows everything about everything. And he says the entire universe will fade away before one single word of our God disappears. Think about it. Things you say for some people come in one ear and go out the other. They don't even make it to two minutes. But when God speaks it, it lasts for eternity. Man, that's good stuff. That the universe will disappear before one thing that God says ever fades away. Isn't that powerful? That's amazing. I don't know about you, but man, that gets something to me. It's like, yeah, that's my God. He says he's creator, his stainer. Think about this. God doesn't need Google for searching wisdom. He doesn't need Google for knowledge. He doesn't need bailouts or stimulus packages to fund all of his endeavors. 
Bad weather and hurricanes never slow one of his projects down. And he's not curious about the cure for COVID-19. Come on, somebody. God is bigger than anything. And here's the key. If this creator God can hold up the billions and billions of stars, how can he not hold up your life? If the creator God can hold up billions of stars, how can he not hold up your life? And Isaiah speaks to them. He says, guys, God will get you to the end of your journey. God is certain to get you home. Not only is creator sustainer, he says he's good shepherd. Isaiah begins to foreshadow what Jesus would be to us. A God, remember in Luke 15, where he leaves the 99 to go find the one. Isaiah says in early part of chapter 4, he says, he's like a good shepherd, this God, this creator, sustainer God. He's a good shepherd. And I think about that story in Luke chapter 15, and I'll just read this verse 5. This one good shepherd knows he's got a lost sheep, and he goes and he finds it, and he looks until he finds it. And the Bible says in verse 5, when he finds it, or when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. What did Jesus do when he put the weight of the world's sin on his shoulders? Man, he, he bore the cross. Hebrews says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. When God finds the one lost sheep, he doesn't make it walk all the way back home. He carries it on his shoulders. You see, the problem with us as Christians and myself included today is that we get saved and then we keep jumping off of Jesus' shoulders trying to make heaven and get there on our own. Like, okay, God, thanks for saving me. I got this life now. We're good. Wait a minute. Wait, I'm kind of tired. Where'd you go? I'm, I've been trying to do this. I've been trying to do my marriage on my own. I've been trying to do my parenting on my own. I've been trying to get through this COVID-19 on my own. I've been trying to navigate this world on my own. And he's like, yeah, I would have carried you. All the way home. And he says he puts it on his shoulders. You see, you couldn't get yourself out of that dark, deep pit. There is nowhere too far, too dark, too deep that you can't go, that God can't rescue you. And because you couldn't get out of that deep pit on your own, God will give the strength to you by carrying you on his shoulders to take you all the way back home. That's the journey of the Christian life the way back home to where God is, where we'll be with him for all of eternity. And he says, guys, this guy's a good shepherd. How many people, just in your own mind, God, maybe I've been trying to walk this journey on my own strength. But the journey to heaven is meant to be walked on his shoulders. Jesus is that way. And then lastly is this, he says, now guys, they that wait. You see, they're weak and weary from all their years and discipline. And he says, but they that way. You ever have, I have a little kids, two little kids. I have a three-year-old and about to be seven-year-old. And you ever look at any of these kids and say, oh man, wish I had some of their energy, right? It's like nine o'clock at night and they're ping-ponging around and you're like, man, I just, I barely get past supper anymore when I get home, right? You just pass out. Never before in my life have I ever needed a nap until 35, uh, 35 for me is the new year of napping. I just, that is, I, got, I want my nap now. And I look at, these, look at my kids, and I'm like, man, if I could just take some of that energy and bottle it up and just save it for when I need it. But you know what Isaiah says? He says, guess, but here's the deal about human strength. He says, 
you could have an Olympic athlete, the strongest of the strongest of the strongest. And he says, but you know what? Even young men who are human grow weak and weary. There's a moment where Usain Bolt, he can run that race, but there's a day he's going to run out. There's only so far even the best football players and baseball players can play so long. Even the most fit people, even Michael Phelps, who can swim faster than anybody else, there's a moment where Michael Phelps will run out of energy. He says, even youths, even warriors, even Olympic athletes, there's a moment when they run out of steam. He says, but God, that even God, God's strength never runs out. God never runs weak. He never runs weary. He never runs out of steam. And when the most fit physical people run out of energy, God keeps going. Young men can grow faint. All of human strength will soon be exhausted. You know, there are, and he's, I like how he says, he says, you can run and you can walk. There are moments in your life where you're going to go through a crisis and you're going to think, man, if I can just sprint, I can just, I can just keep going. I can take enough coffee. I can take enough, you know, monster drinks. I don't know. I can take enough of this just to get through these days, press through, power through it, and then it'll be over. You ever thought this? Come on, just be honest. You're all adults. If I can just press through this week and this thing I can do at work, and if I can just get through this next, you know, thing we have to do and these next plans and get this stuff in the office, and I can just power through this next couple months, and I, I know I'm going to push my kids aside, and I, my wife and I won't have the, you know, maybe the time we need, but if I can just get through this season, I can put enough energy into this season, then we'll get through. That's called running through a crisis. He says, there are moments when you run, and you can do that for a little while. You'll run out of steam. There's only so much running through moments of crisis in your life you could do. You're going to find out. You're going to end up on the other side just passed out, right? You know what I'm talking about? You just kind of, oh, I got through those three months. I mean, it's just after that. And he says, there's sometimes you walk. You know, and sometimes life is like a slow walk where it's just like everything you do just to keep going. Pastor Jeff at LifePoint and I, we encourage each other all the time, and we talk about the, the plodding, this word called plod. We, we goof off with each other talking about plodding. If you just plod, you know, God will give you the gift of plod just to get through today. You know, I can't think about tomorrow. I'm just going to get through today, and I can just get up. I can put one foot in front of the other and just walk through this life. And sometimes that's what it feels like. I can't run. I ain't got no energy to sprint, but I'm going to just walk, and I'm going to keep on walking. And that's what he says in that verse. Look at there with me in Isaiah chapter 40. He says, Though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous men will stumble badly, those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run through life's crises and not get tired. They will walk every day in and out, get up and walk through this life, and they will not become weary. And I love what he says there at the very beginning of that last verse. They will mount up with wings like eagles. He gives them four, three things. He says, you can walk, you can run, and you can soar. He says, they can mount up with wings. What was it about eagles? In ancient times, you ever seen these things called a phoenix, where this bird that lives for a while, then it burns up and it was reborn. The ancient world believed that every time an eagle got its new plume in, like new feathers in, right, that it was spiritually reborn. Now, they don't, Isaiah doesn't believe that, but that's what he's playing off of words. He's saying they will mount up with new wings like eagles, as if to say, when you are with God, you can be reborn. You can be made new again 
and again and again and again. And sometimes in this life, you can just walk. And God's going to give you the strength to walk in every day and every day. And sometimes there are crises and moments come in your life where you just got to sprint through it to get to the other side. And God's going to give you enough strength to do that. And there are some times where God is going to allow you to soar over the trials and tribulations that you're going through in your heart and your spirit. And he says, and every day, God's mercies can be new. It's every morning he can make things new. And maybe your physical body is going to wear out, but there's a power of the Holy Spirit. When you stop trying to do life on your own and you say, God, I'm into your word. I'm rehearsing the word. I begin to wait on you. What does it mean to wait? It means to diligently seek him. To not, it's, waiting is not inaction. Waiting is resting in who God is and what His Word says about Him and about you. It is this diligent persistence of faith to trust in God that I know that I can't make it, but with God, like Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Somebody say amen. You can be born again and you can be renewed every day. In the power of the Holy Spirit, you can soar over crisis, you can run through challenges, you can walk faithfully every day if you wait on the Lord. What is God doing in your life right now? What does God want to do? Are you weak and weary? Are you lacking strength for the journey? Are you in bondage? Who else but God has a plan for you to make it home? Here's the good news. The same Holy Spirit that hovered over the waters that spoke creation into existence, can speak new life into you. That same God who spoke light in the middle of the darkness can speak into your darkest place and speak light into the middle of the darkest places of your heart. And he's a good shepherd, and no matter where you are, weak or weary, he's going to give you the strength to make it all the way. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me, worship team? Would you come? Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Who else but God has a plan to take you from brokenness to blessing? Who else but God has a plan to take you from brokenness to blessing? Maybe today you need to soar over a problem. Maybe you need some help to run through it. Maybe you need to help every day just to get up and walk. We say, God, I need your strength today. I need to be renewed. I'm praying today that in this service and for those who are listening online that we just get renewed renewed in our confident hope and expectation that if the creator sustainer who holds the stars he is going to help me hold this life together we're going to make it church we're going to make it jesus has a plan for you to make it home don't give up don't give up don't give in stay strong in the lord renew your hope in him renew your mind in him Renew it on the Word. Be steadfast. Be movable. Be always abounding in the work of the Lord. Father, today in Jesus' name, I pray over every weak and weary person, Lord, that you would sustain them. They would see you, Lord, in the middle of their brokenness, that you are trying to take them to blessing. God, we can soar over these problems. We can run through these problems. We can walk day in and day out out of the mess of this world. And we can have a joy that is our strength. We can have a hope that is living and sustaining us, God, because Jesus Christ has come. Our salvation has come. Our deliverer is here. This is good news, Lord. 
that today we don't have to live in bondage anymore. We don't have to live in the exile, abandoned anymore. God, we can come home, and you are going to carry us every step of the journey home. Lord, as soon as we trust in you, you've got us. Lord, for Christians here today, you're going to make sure they make it to heaven. You're going to make sure, Lord, they have everything they need. Lord, we just give up trying to do it on our own and come to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, for every person who's in bondage today, Lord, who are uh, under the chains of the enemy, who are bound in exile, and they wonder, is deliverance possible? Is it possible that God can save us? And our answer to them is, who else but God could do it? Who else but God could save us? Who else but Jesus could make a way home? Father, if we don't know you today, in Jesus' name, Father, I pray we confess our sin. Lord, and we say, Lord, I can't do this without you. I need you the way, Jesus. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Renew a right mind and a right spirit in me. Fill me every day, Lord, to walk victoriously over the powers of the enemy. Help me to crucify my flesh every single day. Lord, give me the fullness, the power to make it home. Lord, and for every believer today, God, we get renewed. Renewed. You need a renewal today? Just say, Pastor Heath, that's me in my mind. I just need renewal. I'm my hand. That's me. I want to be renewed. God, renew me with new strength. Maybe you just kind of puttering out here through these last months. And it's been a hard day to be a Christian, I tell you. But God can renew us. God can give us new vitality new strength, new revival in our hearts. That's what I'm praying for. So would you pray with me? I'm going to ask you to stand all across this room.